Don't mind you, big legend. Ah, MP, how are you, my little mate? Actually, I can't call you little anymore because you're at like 70 push-ups a day, 10 times a day. So you must be massive right now. Biggie. People call me Hulk when they walk past me these days. I heard that Tim Robards is lining up to get your secrets. That's what I heard. Yeah, no, he rang me the other day. He wanted to know where my six-pack came from. (laughs) Not your two-pack. Unbelievable. Well done. We are just off the Skype phone with uh, two incredible people from America. Yeah. Kelly Noonan and Adam Shomer. And we're going to play that interview for our wonderful listeners in just a moment. But Mm. um, they've released a remarkable documentary called Heal. Mm. And one of our good friends on the Wellness Couch, our Wellness Couch teammate, Bridget Wood, is uh, running some screenings uh, here in Australia. There's many screenings in Australia, and we'll talk about them at the end of the interview. But we thought before we um, crack into the interview with Kelly and Adam that we might play the trailer of Heal so Mm. you know exactly what we're talking about. Here is the bite-sized highlights of Heal. In order for some of us to wake up, we need a wake-up call. I've been living with chronic pain. I was diagnosed with lupus. MS. My right side of my body was paralyzed. I have a brain tumor. So it was stage four, and that was a shock. I had never heard of anyone living from stage four. Unfortunately, in today's world, the stresses are 24-7-365. So the net result is illness and disease. We have a sick care system where doctors and insurance companies are basically treating symptoms but aren't really getting to root causes. They leave with every kind of medication. Which then has a side effect, and so you basically become a victim twice. Okay, so believe the diagnosis. Now you can do something about it, but don't believe the prognosis. You know, if someone says, well, there's a less than 1% chance of recovering from the kind of cancer you have, and why couldn't it be you? What seems very, very clear to me is that my body wants to be healthy, but it's the head. It just, it's the fear. I don't know who I am without being sick. In a way, we have more faith in the power of cancer to kill us than we have faith in the power of miracles, the power of infinite possibility. The body has a capacity to heal that I was never informed of as a medical student or resident. The best science of our time is now showing that every organ in the human body has the ability to heal itself. What we see here is belief itself shifts biology. So if I change my perception, I change the signals that are adjusting the function of the cell. The power of belief is, it's almost everything. Your body loves you, it loves you unconditionally. It doesn't matter how long you've been sick, you can heal. These symptoms are brilliantly intelligent in waking us up. This life is as beautiful or as terrible as you make it. The Buddha said that every man and woman is the architect of their own healing. And that intelligence that's giving us life, it is the greatest healer in the world. All we have to do is get out of the way. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and here I am with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He's Mr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, legend. How are you? 
Mate, I am awesome. We are going to fly over to the States this love, morning on 100 Not Out because one of the year's most anticipated documentaries has recently been released right around the globe and it focuses on a topic dear to our hearts on 100 Not Out. The documentary is called Heal. It has been masterfully put together by esteemed filmmakers Callie Noonan and Adam Shoma. It features experts including Deepak Chopra, Greg Braden, Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza, Callie Brogan and many more. To find out all about it, let's chat with the creators of the documentary, Callie Noonan and Adam Shoma. Welcome to 100 Not Out. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Good to be here. Now, Adam, we've got to deal with this first and foremost. You are sitting in the car right now on your way back from the hospital. The creator of Heal has a broken finger that hasn't quite healed as well as we would have liked. <laughs> Can you confirm or deny these reports coming in from TMZ right now? Yeah, I don't confirm or deny anything. I'm open to everything. But, uh, yeah, I did. I was just at the uh, with the clinic. You know, it's good to have a follow-up from Western medicine. We don't deny Western medicine in this film. It's good for acute uh, injuries like this. Well, this is a really good point, actually. Uh, some people have bought into the belief that all documentaries about, about health are, are big pharma bashing. But if there's one thing that Heal isn't, it's not about uh, big pharma bashing. It's a great line from Bruce Lipton in the documentary that, um, traditional Western medicine is wonderful, particularly in cases of trauma, but the focus of the film really seems to be about putting the responsibility back into us and the power of our mind. Would you say that's an accurate description of the film, Kelly? I would say that's an accurate description of the film, yes. Um, you know, in the Western model, we kind of give our power away and we are victims of, you know, the condition and the, and the diagnosis and the prognosis of a doctor. And we want to just raise awareness and, and educate people on on the power of the body to heal and then the power of the, mi the mind and how our thoughts, beliefs, and emotions really affect the health and healing of our bodies and how to tap into that in order to help us heal. 100%. I, I love that. And you know, so philosophy is very dear to my heart, obviously being a chiropractor and a naturopath. Uh, for me, understanding the power that made the body heals the body, I think is a really um, important place for people to get to in their life. But we're littered uh, in the TV and film and entertainment industry of the champions that uh, mainstream medicine have created for themselves. And, and as a result, many people feel that they're, they're not able to heal uh, themselves and they, they need external influences. They feel that the power that, uh, that heals them is from the medical profession and the drugs that they take. Um, is it a big leap for people, do you think, to get to a point where they feel that they're actually back in control? How, how easy is this going to be? Well, we're pretty deeply conditioned, I think, all over the world as a society to um, give the authority and give our power away to someone in a white coat um, that, you know, we've been conditioned 100%. and we believe that they have the highest education. Um, so it's going to be difficult, but I feel like, you know, the feedback we've been getting, it's just resonating on such a deep level. And, and we actually follow two women on actual healing journeys. And I think what they will you know, the audience will find that, you know, they, they see in these women something that resonates with them and reflects to their own life and go, okay, wow, maybe I need to look at this area of my life or, um, you know, so I, I think that people are really moved and they want to learn. And I think it's the time is now people are ready for this information finally. So yes, it's a leap, but I think, uh, the time is now, the time is right. Um, yeah, I, Kelly, I, I sorry, go on, Adam. I was just going to say, also, it's not like people have to leap all the way. Maybe there's one little thing they pick up that, hey, maybe I still use Western medicine, but um, this thing that's coming is telling me something about my life, too. Maybe they pick up on 
there is an emotional aspect to my healing. Maybe I shouldn't stress out as much. Maybe it's just the little jumps. You don't have to become, you don't have to wear malas, you know, and do yoga just to, to realize that you're, which I do. I do wear malas and do yoga. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, but you don't have to make the full jump. And, you know, to, to finish up the whole doctor visit, you know, while I was in there for my finger checkup, they're like, can we give you a flu shot? I'm like, absolutely not. You don't have, you're not giving me a flu shot. Like what, what's going on? You know, they're just pushing it on you. Yeah. There's always something extra, um, on top there. I want to ask you, you mentioned the two women that are featured in, in heel and one of the, I mean, we've, we've just touched on it then and Adam did it, uh, did then, but I, I definitely think this is an elephant in the room around how we look after our health. One of the quotes of the women was, um, I don't know who I am without being sick. And it seems that now sickness, more than health, has become a part of people's identity. A part of me thinks that um, it sounds, and again, this sounds, it's politically incorrect to say it this way, but I don't know how else to say it. A lot of people seem to prefer being sick because it gives them more attention and perceived importance than when they're healthy and well. I'm not saying that about the women in the movie. I'm just talking about people when they're, I often ask my grandmother, my late nana, who um, had 15 children, I often asked her, who did you love the most? And she said, without doubt, the child I would always love the most is the one that was sick at the time. Um, and it seems to be that sometimes people feel that they get more attention when they're not feeling 100%. Where do you guys sit on that, particularly having viewed the, the, the journeys of the women in the documentary? Yes, it's, it's really a big, you know, without wanting to point a finger or point that out to anybody, a lot of people really do get attached to their label or condition because they're receiving attention. And a lot of people hold back their healing um, journey or ability because they fear that if they do heal something that doctors said that they could not, that maybe, you know, they were making up part of the seriousness of it, you know? So it's, it's a really deep, um, it's a deep issue, you know? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, Adam. If you want to add anything, I mean, I mean, maybe sometimes that um, that even they give themselves more attention if they're sick. Maybe there's that element too. Like we're not taking a break, or we're not giving ourselves a love until things fall apart. Um, and so you know, the body's just kind of telling you to to take care of yourself. So there is that that maybe that not so bad way of it, where it's like, oh, I need to love myself. It's a little bit of a of a thing. Uh, but hopefully, we can get to that place without having to label ourselves sick or get something devastating. I think that's the biggest takeaway from the from the doco, or in my view anyway, is that responsibility. Because until people go, you know what, it is far better to be healthy and well, even if I get less attention, if you know what I mean, than to be unwell with more attention. Uh, that's, I think, a, a massive uh, factor for responsibility. But that's just my two bobs. What do you think, Damo? Yeah, I agree. I, it's, it's a really interesting uh, place to be, I think, just in the acknowledgement that attention, attention levels can often um, move people in different directions and alter their decision-making processes. But it's interesting too that, um, I, you know, we, when we look at stress and we consider that stress is the number one driver uh, for people making hospital visits, many people don't acknowledge that there's chemical stress and there's physical stress and only think of really the emotional stress. But really, at the end of the day, everything is stress and the way in which we deal with it's um, enormous. But you might cut your toe and you can heal your toe, but um, we all think that that's just a normal thing to happen. But if you you know, hurt your heart or you hurt your kidneys or there's something else going on, most people don't feel that they can actually heal it. Um, what the, the main driver for you guys 
to get a movie like this going, um, you know, it must be to some extent somewhat altruistic. But why why are you doing this movie? What's your major driver for this? You know, uh, for me, the driver is is to make people aware, wake people up and, and have them take their power back. You know, we're inundated in the States, at least with pharmaceutical commercials, you know, every, depending on the time of day, every other commercial is pharmaceutical commercial. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of hypnotizing into this fear that our bodies are failing us and you need this drug, uh, without people being aware of how that drug is actually affecting this really intelligent, intricately connected system that is designed to heal. So if you take this pill, you know, for the, for this chronic illness that your doctor says you need to take a pill for the rest of your life, they're not realizing that that's not solving the problem. It may be a temporary bandaid to get you through the hump, but unless you're treating the root cause and finding what that root imbalance is, you know, you're just actually making yourself worse off because of the effects, the toxicity that, and, and the ruin, you know, the messing up of this perfectly designed in nature system that we have in our bodies. So it's just awareness. And I think that, um, it's also a film about possibility. A lot of people, you know, take cancer, for example, I, I hear of someone having cancer, passing away from cancer, battling cancer every week, there's someone new. And I think it's mind blowing that so many people are getting cancer. Mm. Uh, and I want to put a breath between that diagnosis and, and the choices that we make in treatment. Um, because there's so much fear attached to that word. And I just want to show people what's possible and offer up so many inspiring stories of what is truly possible when it comes to cancer and other chronic illnesses so that people focus on that, focus on what's possible rather than just spiral down into the fear of the worst case scenario. Uh, it's really nice that you, you're moving in that direction because that, you know, having my stepmother passed away earlier this year with cancer and her in, initial intention was to go and do this as naturally as possible, but very quickly they moved down into a, I suppose, a, a route of treatment that they weren't um, necessarily 100% comfortable with, and, but felt very disempowered, even to the extent that they felt that they couldn't include um, lifestyle changes to help manage um, my stepmom's, my late stepmom's health, um, because for fear that if they did change their lifestyle, in other words, if they ate better food, that the chemotherapy wouldn't work. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the way in which they were, you know, um, funneled into a system. In Australia at the moment, we've got a system and a situation where it's become very almost, you could, I don't want to say this condescendingly, but become very um, Americanized in that we're moving down a health uh, care system that includes more health insurance um, and models where health insurance companies would uh, say, well, these are the providers that we uh, recommend. And if you don't go to this person, then you're not going to get covered. And as a result of that, we've just seen the government legislate that um, naturopathy, homeopathy, yoga, Pilates, acupuncture, um, might be myotherapy or a lot of different what we'd call natural therapies have now been excluded from health insurance companies by the government. The government's now saying you can't claim for those using health insurance anymore because they don't have scientific evidence for their efficacy. And so we're being purposely, all 25 million or 26 million of us are all being purposely shunted down a medical route of healthcare. And it's quite scary. So, you know, this sort of movie uh, hopefully can change the direction of, of a country, a little country, but hopefully can, you know, change the direction of a big country like yours. Agreed. Yeah, that is our hope of, you know, start with the individual and then those individuals turn into a movement and then the, you know, the medical 
institutional paradigm shifts to a healthier system. So from a big picture perspective, um, obviously this will reach the consumer uh, and the message is strong. You've got some great speakers on there, Deepak Chopra, um, Greg Braden, Bruce Lipton, who's a great friend of ours, Joe Dispenza, another chiropractor, Kelly Brogan. You've got all these great names on there. Are you getting, will you get some um, airtime that the government will recognize over there? Would, would that, is that something that might happen with, with you know, in America? It could it then also stem to happen here in Australia as well, do you think? You, you mean like on a PBS, like a yeah, network like that? Yeah, CBS, PBS, you know, we, we, NBC, we get on those sorts of television uh, programs. Did you say CVS? That's a, that's a drug store here. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> CBC, is it CBC? Yeah, CBC, I don't know, NBC. You've got all these acronyms over there. <laughs> PBS, probably not. Uh, they're pretty, pretty strict uh, yeah. when it comes to PBS. But we are, you know, the more this gets out there, the more we hear from people like at Columbia University. I want to show it to the student association with the medical doctors. Uh, someone just approached us saying, we want to show it to the UN, the, the World Health Organization. Mm. Um, we want to show it at the, the nutritionist place you were talking about. Um, so I think it's more like that where maybe less strict governmental, you know, or, or PBS per se, but it'll just start to get in the zeitgeist and people will want to share it. Yeah. 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 I found that some, you know, I've had Western doctors come and a lot of pharmacists come and see the film, you know, and I've been, and, and people that work in the trauma center, ERs and major cities, hospitals, and they're just so grateful that this is there because they're realizing that the system that they're operating in, you know, a lot of them have good intentions, but the system is kind of, suffocating them and not allowing them to really treat people how they needed to be treated. So, you know, they're grateful that this is kind of entering into the conversation and, and validating that you do need to treat the person as a whole person and take into account lifestyle and stress and emotional, you know, history, et cetera. Hey, um, question. I'll always ask this of a documentary maker. Um, most of the time, if not all of the time, the documentary you end with is not the documentary you started with. You you realise it goes in a different direction in a in a really good way. Um, can I ask you both what what you feel that you learned as individuals, either about your own lives and your own selves, as you developed the documentary that that came to be here? Yes, it was definitely a an experience of life imitating art, imitating life, because mm -hmm. we we went through our our own healing journeys, you know, throughout the film. Um, and it was such a great lesson to be reminded in every moment. Cause you know, making a film, there's so many moving parts and it can tend to get stressful, especially when you're making it under a micro budget that we did. Uh, and so we were constantly having to put in practice these things that we were learning about how stress affects our chemistry, our bio, you know, our biology. So that was cool. And then, you know, can you give us an example? I'd love to know, like you said, micro budget, lots of moving parts, stressful environment, you know, burning the candle at both ends to get it all done. Like, can you give us an example of a well, day that I don't know, you had a meltdown and then you realized that you could actually take control of it or something? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you'll see me crying underneath my desk because there's so much to do, but, uh, <laughs> no, but I'm for sure, you know, one thing for sure. And, and maybe I'd been doing this in my life, but even more so is just allowing emotions. You know, it's fine to allow the frustration, allow the stress, allow the, um, whatever it is, the overwhelm, like, cause when you resist anything, it's not like you have to be perfect. It's when you resist, you know, we talk about this in the film and the DVD extras, you, you resist anything. You're kind of 
putting the brakes on, you're creating a little bit of stress or friction, you know, just like you would if you were putting brakes, you're resisting. So allowing the emotions to happen, allowing the feeling of overwhelm or allowing, you know, in Kelly's case too, putting yourself out there, you know, being on screen, putting this, all this information, which is, you know, these great experts and trying to condense them into one, um, I think can feel daunting at times, but allowing yourself to have those feelings and, uh, and express them and, you know, it sounds a little, you know, hippy dippy, but to be honest, we need to do that. We're, we're the only beings that kind of repress our emotions and it's kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah. So now in releasing the film, you know, my, (laughs) a subconscious belief of, you know, just being exposed and fearing judgment and, and feeling vulnerable, you know, not that only that I'm in it, but that, you know, it's a big responsibility releasing this message to the world and, and, you know, fearing how it's going to be received and just to be conscious, like, okay, you know, there's something I have to look at. And then I just have to, it's, it's been, I've had to heal that part of me that, you know, wants everybody to like me and just be okay. And really just allow people to feel what they're going to feel. Not everyone believes the same way I do. And, you know, a lot of people will resonate. A lot of people won't. And I just have to allow and continue that flow process. And that's, you know, difficult, but I'm, I'm at least, you know, being, aware of all this information makes, keeps me conscious. Oh, you've done well. I mean, that's a wonderful, it's a wonderful, um, transformation, I suppose, to take over the course of, a, of, of making a documentary like Heal. And I think it's, uh, it's wonderful to hear that, um, the creators of the movie have gone through, uh, the transformation that you both just described. I mean, two, they're probably, I think the two biggest takeaways from the whole interview is, be comfortable to express your emotions, particularly the uncomfortable emotions, mm. and and really love yourself uh, most because everyone else is going to make their judgments and we can't control them and and not everyone's going to like us. So, uh, Damo and I say this a lot, you know. Some people <laughs> think our message is kooky, wacky, crazy, yeah. and and as much as we love heal, there will be other people out there that it's just not theirs, and that's something that, as you said, we just can't control. And um, I th- yeah, we we honour you guys for having the courage to to put together um heal and to share such a deep and meaningful message with humanity which humanity desperately needs so on behalf of damien myself and all of our listeners and everyone in our little country of australia and and our listeners worldwide we thank you both for uh doing what you've done um in creating uh, a wonderful documentary like heal thank you so much we love you guys you guys are awesome all right uh, Thank you so much to, to Kelly Noonan and Adam yeah, Shoma thanks, for guys. all the information. Uh, go to HealDocumentary.com. You'll see the screenings there, many in Australia, which is great. Dame, mm. I haven't told you this, but Bridget Woods uh, asked me to be a panellist at the Byron Bay screening oh, of Heal, which is how good's that? very exciting. Oh, I love Bridget. Yeah, we love Bridget. Yeah, she's fantastic. Well Byron Bay, oh, my God. Byron Bay, my hometown, Adam. Welcome anytime. Well, you're right. welcome anytime. You too, Kelly. But uh, yes, we've got Bridget Wood, co-host of Nourishing the Mother, is um, hosting a screening in um, in uh, Bayside in Geelong, up here in Byron. We have Mel Parente, another friend of the Wellness Couch, hosting in screening Adelaide. in Adelaide and yeah. many screenings um, around Australia and the world. So all of that is over at Hill Documentary. Damo, as always, thank you for your wisdom. Uh, been wonderful to go to such a level on this podcast. For more mm. information on Damo, go to damienchristoff.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. We would love your feedback on this episode. Head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.